And I know who holds my hand Every step is getting brighter As the golden stairs I climb Every bird is getting lighter Every cloud is silver line Where the sun is always shining There no tear will dim the eye At the ending of the rainbow Where the mountains touch the sky Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand But I know who holds tomorrow And I know who holds my hand I don't know about tomorrow It may bring me poverty But the one who feeds a sparrow Is the one who stands by me and the path that be my portion may be through the flame or flood. But his presence goes before me, and I'm covered with his blood. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Trusted in His graces are all you washed in the blood of the Lamb. Are you washed in the blood, in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are you garments spotless or white as snow? Be washed in the blood of the Lamb. Just like the garments that were stained with sin And be washed in the blood of the Lamb Does the fountain flowing for the soul unclean Or be washed in the blood of the Lamb Are you washed Are you washed in the blood In the blood In the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb Are you garments spotless or you white as snow If you would, to the book of Ephesians once again, chapter 2. Ephesians in chapter 2. You know, uh, tonight, uh, again, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's one of those nights that you, you really don't, don't want to go through, but there's times we have to, and I was sitting thinking, I know the, I know the hurt you know, that everybody goes through. You know, I've said under the... As a pastor, I've 
I've watched a, a niece, a nephew, a brother, and a son have to have church discipline brought against them, and you know what? It's a hard thing. And it's very difficult. And I do pray that God's grace will be sufficient for each and every one of us this evening. So as we begin our study tonight, we're going to look at uh, this chapter, chapter 2. We're going, to, we're going to go through the whole chapter this evening. And in it, we're going to see a couple things that I know that you as a people already have a, a great understanding of. And, and you've already got this hid in your hearts. But as we look at this, the Bible says, "In you hath He quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past." In the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together. With Christ, by grace, you are saved, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained, that we should walk in them. Wherefore, remember, that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision, in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world, but now in Christ Jesus. Ye who sometimes were far off were made nigh by the blood of Christ, for He is our peace who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall partition between us. Having abolished in His own flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in the ordinances, for to make in Himself twain one new man, so making peace. And that He might reconcile both unto God and in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. And came and preached peace unto you which were far off, and to them which were nigh. For through Him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Now therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, 
Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. Brother John Smith, will you take us forth on grace, please? title of our message tonight is The Dead and Unable Made Alive and Willing. Emmanuel within the confines of this single chapter of God's Holy Word. We find the only way to put a stop to the words of the Armenian who places mankind in charge of his own salvation. The Armenian declares that man has the power of salvation either in his mind or by the power of his own flesh. But God's Word declares that mankind is spiritually dead and unable to do anything, let alone save himself from sure destruction. It's like a body of a dead person laying in a funeral home or a church house. A fire ignites... A tornado churns, a flood breaks forth, and that dead body can do nothing to save itself from the impending doom. It can only lay there, completely void of understanding, completely unable to save itself, and such is the case with fallen, depraved humanity. So what needs to occur. The first thing is as you look at this scripture in the first ten verses of scripture, we find that there needs to be an awakening of the spirit of mankind itself. In Ephesians 2 and 1 again, as we look at this down through verse 10, we see salvation to its fullest degree. We see where salvation starts. We see who initiates salvation, and we see what man does and is capable of before and after salvation. The Bible states again, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, According to the prince and the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. 
But God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ by grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. The Armenian states that man's in charge of his salvation. The Armenian would say that man, all he has to do is have his spark fan just a little bit and hit it ignite and he'll change and come to Jesus. Well, there is absolutely no spark of good in any man whatsoever according to God's Word. And as we look at the Scriptures, we see this is the only salvation and the only rescue that can happen. Mankind can only do what the physical corpse can do. That is absolutely nothing but lay dead. Helpless, hopeless, and unable to generate even the faintest of His will. The Armenian declares again, there is a spark of goodness in all mankind. But what does God's Word say? Ephesians 2, verse 2 and 3, the Bible says, Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in lust of a flesh, fulfilling desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. God's Word says that mankind itself is totally dead. Spiritually, he is without any ability to save himself. Verse 5 says, even when we were dead in sins, speaking about Christ, hath quickened us together with Christ by grace, you are saved. We go back and we look at Romans in chapter 3 once again. And here again we see that mankind himself is full of sin. He is born in sin. The Bible speaks about the fact that even in sin he was conceived. So we look at this and we understand that man is totally uh, inept and, and without any power of his own to save himself. Romans 3, 10, down through verse 12. The Bible says this, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They're all gone out of the way. They're all together become unprofitable. And there is none that doeth good, no, not one. 
There is no spark of goodness in mankind, my friend. Regardless of what the people in the world want you to hear, want you to want you to say, you know, even at a funeral, uh, uh, you know, and I thank God for what was said today. Uh, thank the Lord that Brother Jim was there to to say something that needed to be said. Listen, God is God is the one to look to unto salvation. Man itself is not able to save himself. The Bible states in Romans in chapter 3, uh, here in verse uh, 23, notice what it says here. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You go on over to Romans 5 and verse 8, and again we see this. The Bible says, But God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. There's nowhere in these sentences here that speak to the fact that man is able to save himself. Nowhere do you find that man can make his own decision to be saved at any given time. As a matter of fact, the Bible says there is none that hath understanding when it comes to these things. You know why? Because God's got to quicken that individual. He has to make him alive and cause him to see his need. The Word of God says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. God hath touched us and made us to come to life. In Romans, or John 6 and verse 44. John 6 and verse 44. Notice what it says here. John 6, 44, the Bible says, No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him. And I will raise him up at the last day. Verse 63 says, It is the Spirit that quickeneth the flesh, profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. This word quickened found in Ephesians 2 verse 1 and verse 5 is a Greek word that means to make alive with, to bring to life. In Colossians in chapter 2, again as we continue to move through the scriptures tonight, in Colossians in chapter 2 and verse 13, the Bible says, and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him having forgiven you all trespasses. My friend, I want you to know tonight had it not been for God's amazing grace in all of our lives that are saved here tonight, we would still be lost and undone. Had not God moved upon us had not God brought us to life, first of all, again, that, that person that is lost and undone, we, we understand, you know, again, I bring Brother Elton into the, into the picture. Brother Elton would always say, he would look at me and say, I don't know why I didn't see this earlier. And then he'd say, oh yeah, I know why. He never woke me up to it. 
You see, that's what it takes. That's when person, that's when people are saved by God's grace. Is when God has awakened them to cause them, first of all, to see exactly what He sees. Mankind wants to look upon the outside and say, look at me, I've done pretty good. Look at me, I'm a pretty good person. Surely I deserve to be saved. And that's exactly what God's Word says would, what man would do. That's a reason why we're not saved by our works of righteousness which we have done. The reason why is because man would have something to brag about as far as his salvation is concerned. And God says, again, He's not going to share His glory with no one. In John 5 and 20, 21, I'll go back here before I move to my second point. And my second point's my last point tonight. John 5 and 21. The Bible states this. For as the Father raiseth up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom He will. Again, folks, what we see here is the same Greek word that speaks to the Holy Spirit's work in an individual. That making that person alive, causing them to see that they are spiritually inept. People that are lost never see that until God awakens them, first of all. Until God quickens their, their spiritual insides. That's when they see for the first time that they're in need, that they're sinners steeped in sin, and they need the forgiveness of Almighty God. Folks, I'll tell you, had it not been for that in our lives, we would all tonight be dreadful in our condition. Now secondly. Now that you're saved by God's amazing grace. You're a different person. That's a reason why that our character is so important. The reason why that not only our character should be counted as important. But also the church as well. In 2 Corinthians, as I look to the Word of God, the Bible says of those that are saved, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. Now that we're citizens of that heavenly abode, Ephesians two eleven through twenty two spells it out without without any without any delay to it whatsoever. If you're saved by God's amazing grace, you belong to the Lord. Not only do you belong to the Lord, but you have a heavenly home awaiting for you. You have a heavenly nature that is being imparted deep inside of your soul. That heavenly nature is the one who, who you're supposed to be feeding on a daily basis because we are citizens of that, of that heavenly abode. Listen, the blood shed on our behalf makes all the difference. Amen? Makes all the difference. 
John chapter 10, we see as we look at the great shepherd and we think about what is being said here in John 10, 14, 15, and 16. He says, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And here's a beautiful thing. You know, a lot of times, even the Armenian will believe in some aspect of election. But the only aspect of election he believes is the Old Testament saints, the Jews, and and the the nation Israel. That's all they uh, apply election to. But here in the Scripture, the Bible says in verse 16, and other sheep. You know who that other sheep is? That's the Gentile race, you and I. Now notice what it says here. And other sheep I have. Present tense. He's already got them. How did he get them? His father gave them to him before he left the foundation of the world. Before before, uh, uh, anything that was ever done, your names were written in the Lamb's book of life. Even from the foundation of the world, the Bible says. It's not like you're saved here today and your name went into the Lamb's book of life. No, your name was already in the Lamb's book of life before the foundation of the world was ever created. That's love, my friend. God knew each and every one of you by name even then. That makes your name a special name, amen? That makes your name a a special, a special name. Verse 16 again says, And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, again, that's you and I, the Gentiles, them also I must bring. I must bring. It ain't left up to them. It's not left up to the sinner in the world to make up a make their own choice up. It's not up to the sinner in the world to make your decision. You know what the Bible states? Listen, they're dead and unable. Spiritually, they're dead and they cannot do that in and of themselves. Now, again, I know what I'm dealing with tonight is a hated doctrine. It's even hated among many Baptists today. The doctrine of election and predestination. But Jesus Christ says here, I've got some more sheep out there. I have them. They're already mine. And he says, I will bring them unto myself. Them also I must bring. And they shall hear my voice. And there shall be one fold. The family of God. Not the invisible church, folks. You know that. What we're dealing with here is not the invisible church that everybody likes to grab a hold of that's not even there for them to grab a hold of to begin with. But the kingdom of God, the family of God, is this one, this one group of individuals that's all the saved of the world. The family of God. Now folks, I want you to know something. You're in the family of God because you have been quickened and made alive. You have been drawn to the Father as it says in John 6, 44. You are the one that the Holy Spirit worked upon as it says in John 6, or 4 and 63. You're the one. So as we look at this, 
they shall hear my voice. That's not a, a hope so salvation, is it? That's not, you know, we go out and we, we, we throw out a general call. You know what? That's part of the commission to the church. The authorized church. You know why it's authorized? Because they are the ones with the right message. The right message is the right gospel. The gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Not plus your baptism. Not plus your church membership. Not plus your tithing. Not plus your good deeds or good works. But Jesus and Him alone. Folks, that's what brings salvation. Oh, may God help us to always remember that. The salvation comes to us through His power and not our own. In John 10, right here in verse 1, the Bible states this, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up another way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name, and he leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. And I want you to just take a, a moment to think about the porter here. Again, we're dealing with the Holy Spirit of God. He is the one that opens up the door to us. How does He do that? Through the quickening power that makes us come to life to see that we have that need to, to cause us to bow in reverence unto the, the holy God of heaven. To repent of our sins. Listen, that word porter here is a, a thyrosis, I believe it is in the Greek, and it means a, a doorkeeper at the door or the gate. In John chapter 1, as you, as you remember what it says in verse 11, He came unto His own, but His own received Him not. But as many as received Him, in verse 12, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So, folks, I'll tell you, when the Armenian says, just make a decision, you've got to have your heart opened up first. I think the young people sing that song. Brother Jared, what's the name of that song? About, he fixed our choice. I know it. I, happy day. That fixed our choice. You know what? When that happy day came, you didn't have any other, no other choice, did you? You pleaded for that forgiveness. You pleaded to have that. You know why? Because the Spirit made you alive and it caused you to see exactly what you were and exactly what you needed. He's the one that fixed our choice, as the song says. Now, folks, I want you to know something. It happened because the Holy Spirit of God had quickened that individual made them alive and made them know that was the only way out. 
Bible goes on to say in verse 14, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of Him and cried, saying, This was He of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for He was before me. And of His fullness have we all received in grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. James 1 and verse 18. I know I have a lot of scripture tonight, but listen. This is how people keep their doctrine and their theology straight by a lot of scripture. That's something that's needed in more churches today. Sad to say, my goodness, I am, I shouldn't say shocked, but I am shocked. At things that people don't know concerning local church truths, I mean, just just Baptist gospel, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and how it actually works. It, it is bewildering to me that people don't understand these things. We've always we've always known these things since we've been taught them from a child, and there's very few churches. They still stand for the same things that we still do. But I pray, I thank God for those that are still out there. When I say very few, I mean in the context of the world. Listen, there's very few that still teach the truth. Very few. James 1 and verse 18, the Bible says this, Of His own will beget He us with the word of truth. Of His own will beget He us with the word of truth. Tonight, we that are saved and heaven bound are so because He first of all quickened us and brought us to where we could be saved. You see, a, a sinner that never sees his own sin, never sees his own predicament, will never be saved. You know, I've heard I've heard preachers say the hardest thing in evangelism is getting people to see that they need a Savior. And I, I dare say that's, that's probably a pretty good statement. I remember standing out here in this driveway once while I was out here in the road dealing with a man that I've dealt with for years and years. And I was trying to give him the gospel and he didn't want my gospel. He didn't want the gospel. He didn't want no gospel tracts. didn't want anything. He said him and God had already worked a deal out. He said they were just like this. Wasn't long that man died. And you know what? I, I really felt sad because he didn't want anything to do with the Jesus Christ that gave his life. That's what broke my heart. He was really he was ready to fight me out there in the road. Threatened to do so. But I told him, I said, listen, I want you to know I love you. I want I'd love to see you trust the Lord as your Savior. He didn't he didn't stick around long after that. But I want you to know something. The only reason today that men are not saved is because they have not seen themselves. They have not been quickened. They haven't been quickened. And folks, that's the first thing that happens in salvation. A sinner is quickened or they'd never see the need to be saved to begin with. 
May God help us to see that. Let's all stand, please.